0: Hi, this is Malia Warner. Welcome to Power Principles, the podcast. This is episode 10, the power of play for kids. Hello and welcome. Today we are talking about the power of play for kids, for children. I know kids are technically baby goats. But I refer to my offspring as kids. There have been multiple times when I have felt like I am raising baby goats or monkeys or hyenas or anything that more closely resembles the wild animal kingdom than the human animal kingdom. So just know that when I use the term kids, I am referring to children. Did you know that over the last 50 years, the opportunity for kids to freely engage in play with one another has been steadily decreasing? I do think that we know this. I think we are aware of this. The lack of unstructured free play is becoming such a serious issue that doctors are actually prescribing free play. Pediatricians are asking parents to please enforce playtime. Now that sounds counterintuitive and seems to take the fun right out of the play right there if it's suddenly something that we have to do. But none of us need one more thing that we have to do or one more thing that we need to make sure that our kids do. So today's podcast is all about getting back to giving ourselves permission to play with our kids and giving ourselves permission to allow kids the freedom to play, to play by themselves, unsupervised, unstructured, unplanned and without any measurement that something productive has resulted from that time playing. I want to start off today talking about the lost art of play and then dive into four principles about play that you can apply in your life, in your family, that will actually empower your children and help your life to feel lighter more playful while at the same time you are actually helping your family become more healthy, more intelligent, less stressed, and greater prepared for future success academically and in the workforce. So lots of good news today, lots of research, lots of reasons why play is a power principle. We'll start by talking about the lost art of play. What is play? According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, play is an activity that is intrinsically motivated and includes active engagement resulting in joyful discovery. Play is voluntary, usually has no extrinsic goals. It is fun and often spontaneous. So to understand what play is, we need to review a little bit of vocabulary, intrinsic and extrinsic. Intrinsic refers to anything that has internal value. Extrinsic is something that has external value, such as outside rewards or outside compliments or achievement. Intrinsic being something that is beneficial for the individual with no outside awards. I like Dr. Peter Gray's explanation that play is what a person wants to do as opposed to what one is obligated to do. Players are free agents, not pawns in someone else's game. Yes, this is what I want to do right now. The benefits of play have been extensively researched and are well documented. The benefits include improvement in executive function, language, and math skills, social development, friendships, physical development, health, and an enhanced sense of personal agency. Play is what develops into the formation of safe, stable, and nurturing relationships. All of these are fancy words that basically say, play is not frivolous. Play is not a waste of time. Play enhances our brain structure and brain function. Play promotes the process of learning and allows us to pursue goals and ignore distractions. So if play is so important, why has it disappeared and how do we get it back? In our families, in our schools, in our communities, what can we do to rediscover the power of play? Over the past 50 years, the amount of time that free play has been declining, we've seen an increase in school and school-like activities, such as lessons outside of school and adult-directed sports programs. Children today spend more hours per day more days per year, and more years of their life in school than ever before. More weight is given to tests and grades. And outside of schools, children spend more time in settings in which they are directed, protected, catered to, ranked, judged, and rewarded by adults. In all of these settings, adults are in control, not children. One of the main ways to bring back the power of play is to change our minds, to give ourselves permission to play. We need a reminder of the benefits of play, and we simply need to know that it's okay, that play is not a waste of time. Over this past week, I've had a lot of opportunities to remind myself about the power of play and to give myself permission to play In last week's episode, I talked about the winter retreat that I took with my husband and how it was important for me and my brain to keep giving myself permission and reminding me and changing my mindset that it's okay to play. Play is actually a form of work and it is very effective work. When I got back from Seattle, my college daughter was home for spring break and my brain was telling me, all kinds of rules that I couldn't take time to play with her because I'd just been on a vacation that I needed to get work done. I needed to get housework done. I needed to pay the bills. I needed to go grocery shopping. I needed to blah, 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 all of this. And my brain was constantly telling me that I couldn't, shouldn't, didn't deserve to, that I didn't have time to do playful things with my daughter. My brain has a default filter that I'm working to change. It's a default filter of limitation of self deprivation living in a mindset of, I can't, not enough, not enough time, not enough money, not enough resources. And I'm so glad I've been doing these episodes about play because I was armed with brain ammo so I could challenge those thoughts about lack and limitation and replace them with higher quality thoughts. I have plenty of time to get my work done and play. And the tools helped me shift from being a boring drag of a mom who believed she had to work all the time to being a fun, playful spring break mom. And I loved the time spent with my daughter. So today let's equip ourselves with more power tools that will help us to rediscover and bring back play into our lives, especially for our kids. Here we go. Five principles for helping to bring back play for our children. Number one, loosen the pressure Remove the pressure of performance. Now I believe in performance and competitions to an extent. My kids are definitely enrolled in music lessons. They do marching band. They do soccer and sports just like every American family. But if every activity has to be for a purpose, has to be judged or critiqued or has to win an award in order for it to be good or valuable, then we are damaging our children. The American Academy of Pediatrics reports that it is parental guilt that has led to competition over who can schedule more enrichment opportunities for their kids. Let's think about how many of our children's activities are organized and how many of them are arranged into competitions. This organization helps us as parents to feel good. It feels like we can measure progress. An award helps us to feel like the investment of our time and money was worth it. We all feel good when we get a trophy, when we get recognized. And again, I'm not saying that awards and competitions and achievements are bad. I definitely believe in progress and improvement and receiving constructive criticism. The question is, do our children have opportunity to play and experiment unstructured outside of organized activities, outside of competitive activities, outside of times where they are coached, analyzed, and judged? Do our kids have things they are free to do solely for the inherent value of the activity? Do our kids have time, opportunity, and access to activities with intrinsic value? That means an activity that has no outside purpose, except for the child's personal enjoyment and development. If we raise kids with the belief that only endeavors that have extrinsic value, that means someone on the outside measures that it's worthwhile, that the performance was good, that there are awards, then we are setting them up to fail as adults. Think about this with me. Parents, when was the last time you got an award for your parenting? Moms, have the mothering judges handed you a prize lately? Did you get a certificate or a trophy for creative use of leftover spaghetti? Is there a prize for most coupons used in a single grocery transaction? Or an award for getting your child to school on time, even though the dishwasher exploded as you were on your way out the door? Did you get a medal for catching your child's puke in your hand so that not one speck landed on your in-laws new couch? No, you didn't. Well, that's funny because, yeah, I haven't either. I would say that a good 90% of the things that I do in the day not only go without trophies or medals or awards or applause, most of them aren't even seen. They never get noticed. Being a parent is a lot of behind the scenes work. So it's interesting that as parents, we devote so much time helping our kids to be successful. We devote hours and hours helping them to get high grades, achieve in sports, music, competitions, so much so that we can even end up living through them and living through their achievements. But then we expect them to transition to be adults, to be college students or missionaries or mothers and fathers, where they're going to get zero help and zero recognition. And then we wonder why they're depressed or why they feel like they aren't succeeding. It starts to make sense, doesn't it? That if we are working ourselves into exhaustion, running our kids all over to all kinds of activities to help them be successful... In some ways, aren't we actually setting them up for future failure? Do our children know how to do a task just because? With no reason and no reward? And I am speaking so much to myself about this. A reminder that for every performance-based activity that my kids are in, marching band, orchestra, scouting, chess club, sports, music lessons... Do they have equal opportunity and time to explore and experiment with their personal interests for no reason, for no measured purpose, just for the sake of play? For every obligatory service project I sign my kids up for, do they have equal opportunity and time to create friendships just for the sake of being friends, not because there is a reward attached? Can they have fun just for the sake of having fun without the activity, earning money, winning a trophy, or being worthy to put on their college resume? And as parents, do we model this by having hobbies and pursuing activities and interests of our own with no recognizable purpose outside of personal interest, discovery, and enjoyment? So principle one, loosen the pressure. Let's remove from our children's shoulders the stress of having to perform constantly. That is from the moment that they wake up to the moment that they crash into bed. Having to perform at some level in a certain way because there's going to be a judge, an adult, or some kind of critic analyzing that performance. And as parents, let's give ourselves permission to get out from under the weight of guilt that we need to have our kids in all of these scheduled activities. The number two principle is to build trust and relationship through playing with your children. The author and teacher Hank Smith did his PhD research on trust. And he learned that if a relationship is struggling, especially a parent-child relationship, that one of the best things you can do is to get on the child's level and play with them. Do something together without expectations, without anything at stake. There's no answering to someone. The truth is that play can be the best remedy for many behavioral and discipline issues at home. Research has shown that the mutual joy and shared communication that parents and children gain during play actually regulates the body's stress response. Play increases something that science calls attunement. Attunement is a harmonious serve and return interaction, the process of give and receive. And attunement is the basis of all of our social relationships. And play is a powerful way to develop attunement. Play is a powerful way to let kids know that they are valued, that they are important, that they matter. I was really surprised several weeks ago when we were having a family discussion, and out of the blue, my youngest got teary-eyed, and he said, we need to play more together. We need to play more as a family. You guys are always doing stuff together upstairs, and I'm downstairs playing by myself. And it's true, the basement is kind of his haven, and I thought he liked it. I thought he liked being able to play his Minecraft and his Legos and doing his Pokemon games. In truth, he was feeling left out and I didn't even realize it. Probably what he was saying is, you guys play too much Settlers of Catan and I'm stuck playing by myself. Because it's true, Settlers of Catan is not his thing. So the last little while we've chosen to put away the Settlers of Catan board and play more of the games that he likes. Cat Sequence, Apples to Apples, and the Dictionary Game. And I've given myself permission to be more conscientious of closing my computer during the after school hours and going downstairs, either to sit next to him and watch him play Minecraft, or to join him in a Nintendo Wii game. And watch out, because I'm getting educated in Smash Brothers. Now, I'm not suggesting that you need to play with your kids for hours and hours. We don't need to get in there and interfere with their child's play or take it over. They still need self-directed play versus adult-guided play. And as a parent, you have limits, right? When my kids were young, I could not stand Candyland. And I wasn't great at imagination games either, scenarios like tea parties with dolls or pretending that I'm the mommy lion for hours on end. I think the point is to find ways to do you, to be involved and play with your child in a way that works for both of you. I don't see myself as responsible for my kids' entertainment. I do not give myself the responsibility to be their boredom buster. It's actually really beneficial for children to experience boredom, and that will be a future podcast episode, The Power of Boredom. The third principle for bringing back the power of play for our children is prepare to embrace the mess. If we want our kids to have opportunities to have unstructured, free play, we as parents have to let go or maybe just lighten up a little of the standards that we might have for housekeeping and scheduling. Play is messy, especially unstructured play. The toys are going to come out. The Legos are going to come out. The crayons and the pencils and the glue. The cushions are going to come off the couch. The blankets and towels that were nicely folded in the hall closet are going to be built into forts, which also means that every heavy book off the bookshelf will be taken off to hold down the blankets and the towel forts. Because play is free and unstructured and unscheduled, it doesn't look neat. It's not tidy. It doesn't fit into any kind of a box. And as adults who want things to be organized and measured and useful, play can feel really uncomfortable to us. So this is an essential principle. To give ourselves permission to let go of the structure, let go of the neat four-square box, let go of time constraints, let go of household standards, and embrace the mess. When we both had young children, my girlfriend said the best thing to me. She said, I like it when my house is messy because it means my children have been playing. You know the feeling. When you need your house to stay clean, what do you do? park the kids in front of the television. I've called on Miss Television to babysit multiple times. A Disney DVD is one of the best ways to buy myself some time. This is normal and this is okay in small amounts. Parenting puts us face to face with a whole lot of reality and there are some days when we do need our children and our house to stay neatly in a little box. But more often than not it's okay to give ourselves permission to embrace the mess let the cupboards come open, let the glue sticks come out. But as parents, at times we have to draw the line on creative expression. And for me, glitter is always on the other side of the line. What about playing video games? What about playing computer games? Do they count as play? Is that what we're talking about? The American Academy of Pediatrics explains that media use, meaning television, video games, smartphones, tablets, encourages passivity and the consumptions of others' creativity rather than active learning and socially interactive play. We live in a world of computers and video games. We live in a world of screens and that's okay as long as we remember that at any time we have the power and the permission to turn the screens off. Okay, so how do we get the screens off and get the kids playing without the weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth? This leads us to principle number four and my favorite, Trick your kids into playing. This is where we get to utilize that good old reverse psychology. One of my favorite parenting methods, you know, as well as I do, that the minute we say shut off the TV or phone or game system or computer and go outside and play. Well, that just took the fun out of playing for sure, right? Now play is a forced activity and the kids don't want to turn off the screen and be forced to go outside to play. So sometimes, especially during the summer, when myself or my children have been staring at screens a little too long, I will come up with a chore that desperately needs to be done. Little Johnny, will you go clean out that junk drawer in your bedroom? Okay, Peter, Paul, and Harry, it is time to weed the garden or wash the car or clean out the garage. A task that it's okay if it soon devolves into exploratory play. Because if I tell my child to turn off the screen and go play, there will be protest and play will not happen. But if I assign my child to clean their bedroom, or especially clean out the junk drawer, I know that within five minutes, there will be exploratory play happening. Imagination games, or maybe the art kit comes out. There's a train track built. There is scenery being painted onto paper and pasted up on the wall. There are signs going up on the doors. And inevitably, the room will end up messier. And that's okay, because then I'll apply principle number three, which is to embrace the mess. Friends, here is a powerful parenting secret. And let's keep this just between us, okay? Telling the children to go outside and play is one of the worst ways to get them outside to play. What is far more effective is telling the children to go outside and weed the garden or clean the garage or sweep the sidewalks. And I guarantee you within five minutes, they will be playing their hearts out. And that's okay because that's exactly what we wanted, right? Then at times when the chores really do need to get done, the garden really does need to be weeded. The bedroom really does need to be cleaned. Well, that's when you pull out the toolbox of tricks to set the timer to get the work done quickly to plan something playful after the work is done or somehow turn the work into a competition or into a game. It's all part of our parental trickery, isn't it? As parents, we're magicians. These children are very clever and it's essential that we have a lot of tricks in our hat. Principle number four, trick your kids into playing. Let us vow to never again utter the words, go play, because that just sucked all of the fun out of that balloon. So if you have kids in your life right now, you are so lucky. If you don't, maybe you can rent some. There are big brother, big sister programs, school reading volunteer programs, the YMCA, coaching. I think being around children reprioritizes our life. It helps us to keep balanced and in check, and it helps us to tap into our inner child. And I think all of us, no matter what our status in life is right now, can benefit from being reminded of how we liked to play as children, and how free it felt, and to invite some of that freedom and discovery back into our lives again. And for those of us that do have children or grandchildren, nieces and nephews, to bring back the power of play, to give ourselves permission to take the time to play. Thank you for listening to this episode. I wish you a happy, delightful week Rediscovering the power of play with children.